And that's you again. Oh, hey, it's me again. <laughs> Hello. Today is Tuesday, December 18th, 2018, and you're listening to the official View News, produced by View Mastery. I'm Adam Jar. And I'm Greg Pollock. You can find links to all the stories we talk about in our weekly newsletter and on news.viewjs.org. Quasar 1.0 is going to be released at the end of January 2019, and this week the Quasar team wrote up a sneak peek of what they're most excited about. Quasar allows for the creation of one code base for SPAs, SSR apps, PWAs, hybrid mobile apps, and Electron apps. So what's in store for it? Well, aside from stabilizing the API, every component has been rewritten with enhanced features and improved runtime speed. They're also ensuring that Quasar apps are easy to unit test and run end-to-end tests for Web, Cordova, and Electron, as well as creating improved documentation for the project. So there's no black hole hiding in this quasar? <laughs> Are you trying to make an astronomy joke? Ah, uh, maybe. But here's another one. What do you get if you cross Santa Claus with a spaceship? <laughs> what? A UF ho ho ho. How <laughs> seasonal of you. Beautify is the most popular component framework for Vue, giving you components stressed in material design. That's the design system developed by Google. Yep, and Beautify creator John Leader's talk from ViewConf Toronto is now available for you to watch. In the talk, John gives a sneak peek of the future of Beautify, discussing new features and functionality, structural changes, and how this all benefits you as the developer. Evan Yu's talk from ViewConf Toronto has also been posted, where he goes over what to expect in Vue 3.0. Adam and I wrote up this summary on the Vue Mastery blog a few weeks ago, but now you can watch the man himself walk you through it. In a nutshell, Vue 3.0, which will be released sometime late next year, will be faster, smaller, have more maintainable source code, be more native-friendly, and easier to use. And satisfy all your wishes and dreams. (laughs) It's going to be a genie. (laughs) Nux creator Sebastian Chopin recently announced that TypeScript support is coming for the next version of Nuxt. It's nice to see TypeScript being integrated deeper into the Vue community. If you don't want to use it, of course, you don't have to. But for devs who've been using it for years, it makes transitioning to the Vue ecosystem that much more seamless. If you haven't heard Evan Yu's story on the creation of Vue.js and how he made the hard decisions needed to build Vue into the community it is today, you might want to listen to episode 78 of the Indie Hackers podcast. It's an hour-long interview with Evan himself. If you've been working with Vue, you know what computed properties are. By default, these are Gitter only, but you can write a setter when you need to. Huh, a computed setter? Yeah, so Taha Shashtari explains this approach in his new Medium post. Instead of a computed property just returning a value, we can add a get and set method to it. And that set method can be waiting to receive a new value for the computed property. And when it receives it, it can set other values based off that new value. Sounds handy, but I'm unsure why I would use this. Right, so I would try to explain <laughs> it in audio, but I don't think it's going to make sense. With I would just be saying a bunch of code with words. Just check out his article and you can see the use case. Mattis <laughs> okay. Picard wrote up a list of four view gotchas you're bound to run into as a view developer at some point, along with some JS fiddles so you can see how they might manifest in your view code. I suspect we've run into a few of these already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. The first is to ensure that all your objects are destroyed properly when your components are destroyed. Like if you're using third-party plugins, like maybe a color picker inside a component, ensuring that in our before destroyed lifecycle hook, you also destroy the plugin. And this would apply to things like timeouts and intervals as well. Yeah, you need to ensure you clear those out as well. Next is ensuring that your component lists have explicit keys. This is especially important if you're doing any filtering or reordering on your lists. Mm -hmm. The next gotcha is using keys with transitions. Basically, if you're toggling between elements with the same tag name, they need their own unique keys. 
Otherwise, Views Compiler will get all smart on you and replace the content of the element for efficiency, skipping your transitions. I hate it when View gets all smart on me. (laughs) It's sassy. And lastly, when you want data created at runtime to be reactive, you need to be careful about how you manipulate or add to the data. These sound like the standard reactivity caveats from the view docs. Exactly. So in some cases, you might want to use dollar sign set to set new values on an object where you want them to be reactive. Anyways, definitely check out the article for interactive code samples for each of these caveats to make sure view doesn't get all smart on you. <laughs> <laughs> Sassy view. <laughs> As view apps grow, you'll want to consolidate reusable code. The most talked about way to do this is, of course, components, but there are also mix-ins, filters, and directives. These are almost like mini-services you can write and reuse across your app's components. Yeah, that's a good way to think about them. So mix-ins allow you to mix in code into the script section of a component, while directives allow you to define custom behavior within your templates. Like writing your own VF or V4 directives. Exactly. And then filters allow us to apply common formatting to text or perform filtration on an array or object. And filters and directives can be registered globally or just locally for a given component right? Yes, and Chris Nwamba does a good job introducing these concepts with working examples in his new Medium post. Sometimes you want to make sure that your method calls are cached so they're not recalculated every time your page is re-rendered. That's what computer properties are for. Exactly. However, what if the method call has a parameter you have to pass in and you want to cache those values as well? Uh, yeah, computer properties can't have parameters. Right. So there's a few solutions to this problem, such as creating a subcomponent for each item on your list, which has a computer property. However, Florian Ruchel shows how to solve this using a scope slot in a blog post. And if you read this article, be sure to read Paul Bastowski's comment showing another solution using a bound attribute, creating a local variable. This solution kind of blew my mind. Thank you for listening to the official View News Podcast. Be sure to tune in every week, except for the next two weeks, because we're taking some time off for the holidays. We hope you and yours have a wonderful holiday season. We'll see you back here on January 8th.